Entry Level is on a mission to reskill 1 billion people by 2030. This is an audio series to give you the day in a life and insider insights into the most in-demand jobs. Hey everyone, welcome to this audio cast. We're going to be diving into the wonderful world of being an art director uh, with our guest Rihanna, who is previously the art director at King and now working on a new exciting startup called Trees Please Games. You want to say a quick hi to everyone that's listening? Hi, it's absolutely wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Really excited to share a little bit about what I do and who I am. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Let's start with the the obvious question. What is an art director? I had not heard of that role up until last week. So I'm really curious to see what you guys do and what the role is all about. Yeah, I mean, I feel incredibly lucky to be an art director. It's been something I've been aiming for for quite a few years. So hopefully I'll be able to share you a little bit about what I do. Uh, It's important to understand that an art director is very different at many different companies. And the kind of art direction I'm going to be talking about today is art direction for mobile game development. So if you're thinking about joining a AAA studio and an indie studio, it might look a bit different for you. But for me, being an art director is about building the creative and artistic vision for a game and then hiring and managing the team to actually fulfill that vision. Lots of people think that being an art director is about getting to draw lots of cool concept art. I'll tell you this today, an art director does not get to draw lots of cool concept art. I mean, you might get to do a little bit, but primarily my job is about liaising with the creative direction team, with the production team, and really trying to understand what sort of game we're making, what is it that the art has to serve, and then trying to visualize that in some way and build upon the design pillars to get a creative and artistic vision that will help the audience understand what that game is about and really identify with it emotionally. That's because that's the other thing about art direction. Lots of people think that it's about your own artistic vision, whatever you want to do. But in most cases, it's about trying to understand what will what sort of artwork will resonate with the audience best and create that sort of vision, especially in mobile game development, where we're really trying to please millions of people around the world and create something that welcomes in all sorts of different people. You're looking for a much broader statement. So on sort of day to day, you know, it's quite similar to lots of different game developments. You start with a really quick meeting to kind of get everyone together. It's a stand-up. We use an agile format if you ever want to talk about production. We can talk about that. Um, But then day to day, what's wonderful about being an art director is you're really doing lots of different things. And it can be vastly different in the different times of the project. At the early stages of project where it's conceptual development, you're trying to understand the game. Maybe you only just have a prototype to work with. You're building a whole world doing style guides, maybe doing creative briefs for writers, um, building out character design packs. So that's really the intense, heady period of creativity. Um, And I always think if you're not slightly nervous in the shower, you're probably not doing a good enough job for your creative direction. Um, And then you get into really understanding what the production is going to be, building your game ready for live And unfortunately, for most of us art directors, that's when the Excel spreadsheets come out and you have to start budgeting and planning and breaking down and estimating. You have lots of people who care desperately about money, trying to understand how expensive your art's going to be. That's quite important. 
And then when you're sort of planning your pre-production, you also have to start thinking about how are we going to make this? So you're going to be working with a lot of technical artists and engineers trying to understand the pipeline, how are we going to get this game out? And then, of course, you're getting into the nitty gritty of hiring an art team, managing them, making sure that they're getting the right career development and support, making sure they have the right tools, that they understand what it is they need to do today and giving them feedback on their artwork. And that's uh, that's kind of why it's so wonderful, because there's all these different phases and there's all these different skills you need to draw on. You have to be as creative as you are practical. You have to be as um, sort of pragmatic and organized as you are inspiring. And you have to be empathetic and understand that your artists have needs. It's, it's a wonderful job. And you have to be technical and understand just enough of how it's all put together so you can make good decisions. Um, so an art director is not always the best artist in the team. And sometimes it's better if they're not. They're the ones who lead and direct the team. So that's why I love the job so much. I get to work with some of the really talented artists and uh, give them space to create a vision together. Okay, so there, there was a lot there. I want to I yes. unpack that a little bit <laughs> because that's a lot more than I thought an art director did, which I think is awesome. Um, but also we, need, we should dig down into the different areas. So first of all, I guess the first misconception I had was that um, an art director was was purely focused on one area, but it seems that you're focused on copywriting as it, like all kinds of different areas um, across the art, right? And uh, I'm really curious to like, you know, how do you go about, you said that you're designing for a user, you're not designing what mm -hmm. you think is right, you're designing for them. And that seems very similar to say a product manager who is like, you know, getting user interviews and then like designing a product for them. How do you guys yeah. go about that process? Do you have frameworks in place that you go, you do to like make sure that you're designing the right aesthetic for the people and making mm -hmm. them feel the right way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's important, like I was saying, this is mobile game development. We tend to have smaller teams. You tend to have like wear quite a diff few different hats. If you're looking at AAA where the size of the team, you're talking like 200 people or something huge, you tend to get more and more narrow and focused. But in well, what, a mobile game, uh, sorry, apologies. So um, your big budget console games. So okay. for instance, in a, in a mobile game development, um, you might have up to 50 to 100. If you're hitting over 100, it's a really unusual size. Like some of the, some King games teams were quite large, but in general, you're talking between 20 and 50 team members. So each individual member tends to take a lot more responsibility across a broader spectrum of, of craft. Um, so that's where, you know, you'll find someone like me being both a manager and an art director and supporting art production. Whereas um, in larger teams, you might have an art manager, an art producer, an art director. You see? Um, so that's kind of the first thing. So when you're thinking about the kind of job in art direction you want, it's kind of helpful to understand that it's going to have a different component in each size of team. So you might want to think about the size of game you want to work on as well. Uh, so that's kind of to answer your first question. To answer your second question about uh, acting like a, a product owner, I think the most successful art directors always think uh, like a product owner. And then you're coming at your craft from uh, that product perspective. So, And it's the same for the game designers. Lots of game designers also have to think about the, the end user, have to think about it with a little bit of distance from your own personal vision. Um, 
so it's always about understanding how, and this is true for the engineers, well, how your craft impacts the end user in our case of players. So the way we go about doing it, I think it's about really bringing together your own artistic experience and intuition and intuitive design decisions and combining that with an analytical design decision. Um, so there's, principally, there's three different ways you can go about creating an artistic vision. You can be an auteur and just sort of like, I want to make this thing because I am an artist and it's my vision. And that's a completely reasonable way of doing it. And it's actually a completely reasonable way of making games as well as a team. But that's more appropriate for independent game teams where there's an inherent risk to the thing you're making. And it's often about personal expression. You're trying to speak to people about it, something that's personal for you. Um, if on the other hand, you're working in a company and either you know, a games company like King or places I've worked before, or you a AAA company, they have a certain amount of um, inherent risk. They have an expectation that this game is going to be played by people. And you need to minimize that risk by understanding who, who the target audience is and that that target audience is at a certain scale and that scale can recoup your investment. Um, so that's where intuitive and analytical decisions come in. And intuitive is where you build on all the experience you've had making games to anticipate what the players may want. And then analytical is when you, you test and analyze that. It's important to balance those two out because if you're only doing analytical design, you can be quite slow and reactive and miss the opportunity because really it might take you a year or two to make the game. So you have to anticipate where the audience is going to be in one or two years and build the artwork and the game design for them. And it's harder to test that, but you also want to be double checking your design decisions by doing tests. So the kind of tests we do to understand our players, uh, we can do uh, qualitative testing and quantitative testing. So for instance, you know, I might create some images of what the game might look like, and then either with an online survey tool or with uh, back when we used to meet people face-to-face, -face, we'd bring people into the office and kind of sit down in a, in a little focus group and then just talk about the artwork that we've created. And what I'm looking for is, do they get the message I'm trying to send out? Um, because I'm trying to express the game design visually. So if they look at the image, they should be able to express what they think the game is about by just looking at it. If they can't do that, there's going to be a dissonance between the artwork I'm creating and the game experience. Uh, and that it doesn't matter whether or not loads of people download it, they're not going to, it's not going to be the game for them. Um, so that's one focus groups are incredibly important. Uh, it's like user testing, which I'm sure you've talked about before in other crafts, but it's, it's really about understanding, do they get the emotional resonance in the storytelling? And then we do a lot of um, quantitative data as well, which, you know, you might look at uh, advertising. Advertising for mobile games is so incredibly important to really underestimate. If you look at the costs of making a mobile game, the production costs are nothing in comparison to the marketing costs. So they'll test your artwork, see if it's because your artwork is what's is the is the window dressing, right? You're walking down a high street, you see you see the window of the shop, you're like, hmm, and you walk in. Like that's what the art is doing for mobile games. You see an ad pop up somewhere, you know, maybe you're playing a different game or you're on Facebook, you see an ad and you're like, ah, oh, and you go and you click on it. And if that ad isn't inviting, isn't exciting isn't speaking to you, 
you're not going to get anyone finding your game. It's just too many games out there these days. So making sure that that ad is beautiful and inviting, exciting, um, is the crux of kind of making a successful game these days. So as an art director, setting up your, if you've made poor decisions early on about what your game's going to be about or what your characters look like or what the world is, you're going to really struggle to bring all those players in. So we do a lot of tests early on and um, really large scale to try and see, hey, you know, do people click on this? Would they be interested in it? And it's a really good way of seeing kind of just sanity checking your decisions. Um, so it's, it's these combinations. It's a wonderful balance between helping people and helping your team and helping your company understand your creative vision from an intuitive perspective. And then also get a sense that, you know, you understand the size of the, the audience. It is. So it's a lot, it's a lot more analytical in some ways than people expect for an art role. Um, and you have to be able to like, even like this, you have to be able to speak and understand a little bit of statistics, a little bit of, of um, research methodology so that you can, again, speak to the people who are making, who are analyzing the results as well and understanding, hey, you know, maybe that's 2% click through difference uh, isn't statistically valid when we look at the numbers and maybe it's okay that they're both the same or stuff like that. So uh, I find, you know, as an art director, you really do use everything that you've ever heard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny, you can uh, pick up everything that you've done. It's like, oh, I'll store that away for later. I might need that. <laughs> I think it's interesting because, you know, I, I guess we don't really think about how much effort and time goes into the art. When we play games, we just like think, oh, okay, that's a cute little button. And like, but you you spend a lot of time thinking about how that makes the user feel and like, you know, mm-hmm. how do you increase retention? And it, it seems very much like a, you know, product led sort of, um, sort of thing as well. So I think that's really interesting. Um, I'd love to dig into the other parts of the role that you mentioned, which is the project management and the budgeting and and all the other stuff which um you know considering all the other stuff that you mentioned you're doing it's surprising that there's not a second person that does all that but (laughs) it seems that you know you're doing both um what does that look like and maybe you could also talk about like what does the percentage split look like you know week to week Mm -hmm. like how much time are you in meetings how much time are you sitting there creating stuff what does that look like yeah, I mean, again, this this changes dramatically depending on the where you are in the project and where you are in and which company you're in. So, for instance, um, in the larger companies I've I've been in, you could even get like seventy to eighty percent of your time in meetings, um, and then the rest of the time really is is more about feedback giving. So you're you're not actually drawing. You might be doing paintovers where we you know, we take an ask, a piece that someone's done and then go oh, like. And when we say paint overs, you're not necessarily even painting, you might be circling an area in red and just going like, oh, please update here, you know. Um, so that that's kind of the extreme, though. And that's normally when you're either in production or live. So the team is kind of ticking over and you're you're looking at making sure that that team is running effectively. Um, whereas when you're in the early stages of a prototype, you might only have you know, five to 10 people and or less sometimes. Um, and then you're really kind of in the in the moment drawing quite a lot or building mood boards out or, or in creative direction, brainstorms and things like that. So it sort of shifts. Um, and it, like I said, it really does depend on the scale of the team. So for instance, when I was in 
King recently, I had, there was a, I think at the largest, there was a 10 members in the art team, nine or 10 in the art team total. And then we had some outsourcing as well. So really I, w- I was barely drawing at all. And it was mostly about planning out their time and, uh, and giving feedback. Um, so when it comes to project management, the issue is that, you know, as even though everyone's obviously wearing a lot of hats and we did have producers and you do have project management members of the team, you know, they, they don't necessarily have a background in art. So when it comes to planning out the schedule for the next two or three months, which you have to do in advance because art kind of takes some time. So, you know, uh, the creative team, the game designer and the um, product owner and the producer, Michael, hey, Rena. Um, we have this idea for a feature. Uh, how long do you think it might take? <laughs> do we have the capacity to do it? And I'll go, okay. And I'll look at the team and I'll go, oh, well, you know, if we shift that out one week and I pull this person forward and I think that's going to take, you know, 20 hours of concept art and then maybe like two weeks of creative the assets and then we'll need two weeks of time. You know, you try and break it down so that you can at least estimate how long it's going to take. Otherwise you can't plan and you end up, being very reactive. Um, And what I try and do is minimize downtime so there's no awkward little gaps between tasks. Uh, And certainly we we never crunched. So I don't know if you talked about crunching before, but this idea of of like um, working a lot of overtime up to a deadline and in mobile games, we just don't do that. So the way we avoid that is um, trying to plan it out in, in a way that's more sustainable because we, again, we work live. So it's a very different industry. Uh, so it's just not sustainable. If you were crunching, you'd be crunching all the time. So we try and we, we never work overtime, which does mean a little bit more project management up front and estimation. And so from an art director perspective, it's really trying to anticipate possibly before the feature is even fully finished from a design perspective, how long you think it might take it's like, and, and it can be a little bit like educated guesswork. You're like, mm, I think it will take uh, such and such a time. And you're trying to use your experience to guess. Um, and then, you know, how many staff it might need. What are the costs of that from think, lost opportunities? Um, are there anything you might have to consider? Oh, we might need to bring in a tech, an additional tech support, tech art support, stuff like that. So that's kind of where the, the budgeting and the scheduling is. And you'll even be doing things, and I I did this a lot in King, and of course I'll be doing this in in the the new company I'm in, you know, thinking about staffing, thinking about how much do we need outsourcing, how much might that cost, um, when should we do that. So it's something that I came across early in my art direction career, um, and I don't really talk about this a lot because you don't think about it, is this, this decision fatigue that can set in because you have to make all these calls all the time without a lot of information sort of on, you know, going like, yeah, I think that, I think we can do that. I think that will take three months or I think we should hire this person or I think we should, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it was surprising how, what impact that had, especially early on before you sort of got comfortable in the role and understand comfortable in, in your time management. Um, because as an art director, time management for you is incredibly important. So I think that's the other thing I would say, if you're not comfortable with, you know, sitting in a room with a CEO or with the founding members 
of a company or with the upper management and going like, I think we should do this artistic direction. I think we should hire these many people. I think we should, you know, cancel this game. I think we should move these people. You know, it's, it's, it's a heady and very exciting role, but it, the decisions you're going to have to make them all the time. So that's the other thing that can kind of catch people out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I love it, but it's, it's, it's a fun kind of high intensity role quite a lot of the time. Yeah. It is nice that you do so much and yet don't work over time. So like it yeah. just, just shows how well, I guess you have to plan out this, like this role and like what everyone is doing. Right. Um, oh yeah. That's always my first advice to anyone taking on the yeah. role is like, sit down, look at your week. It looks empty now, block in your time because meetings are going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you're going yeah. to be doing one-to-one. Someone's going to ask you for feedback. Someone's going to say, Hey, the marketing arts come in. Can you take a look at it? You know, it's like, Oh, actually I wanted to ask you a question about this feature and your day is going to be gone. And suddenly it's six o'clock and you haven't given your art team any feedback yet. And they are all sitting there going like, if she doesn't give me feedback, I can't work tomorrow. And, and then that's how you end up working late. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's tricky to keep. And I, I fail all the time at trying to keep my, uh, my own schedule on track. Um, but I think as, as long as I keep my team's schedule on track and they're not working overtime, that's a success. And then I can adjust and delegate better and then hopefully get your week back under control. But for sure, we certainly don't, um, our teams never work overtime unless it's yeah. like, I think once if you get once a year i've never i've rarely seen it uh, so it's, it's pretty great yeah you're essentially the coach and making sure your players are like fit and ready to play and like you know not injured it's or such anything a, like that yeah i think that's such a good metaphor because i think it, it helps understand especially in mobile games how we try and manage the teams you know i think people look at a hierarchy and they think of it as especially as an art like art director they think it's like this all powerful you know, ah, force them to do my will. And it sounds, it's, but it's not, it really is about, it's much more coaching environment. We try and do bottom up. And so much about the delicate nature of, of art direction is helping, help. it's a guiding and collaborative process. If you've got a team of artists and they hate the vision you're trying to push down their throats, you kind of really struggle. It's about welcoming them in embracing their points of view and making sure they're included and that as a team you're working together and then it's just about making sure that you're all pulling in the same direction and not fighting each other so that's that's yeah i really like that's a nice uh, i'll keep that i'll take that from you i'll give you yeah, credit yeah, no, for sure, for sure. no <laughs> you can you can definitely take it I, I always i always think of teams as like sports teams and you're like the coach and you're going to keep everyone unblocked because they have to keep playing and you're just making sure that the field is going right um, and surrounding people who are way more talented than you. That's my favorite thing. Like oh, yeah, be the dumbest uh, person in the room. That's, that's yeah, the way, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm on this call right now. <laughs> I, um, I want to know real quickly, um, yeah. what is your most favorite part of the job and what is your least favorite part of the job? Oh, wow. Okay. That's so great. Ah, oh, it's so hard to pick just one thing. Um, we can make it two if you want. No, 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 no. It's it, fine. I mean, it depends, if, if you, it depends if you're saying there's like 50 bad things about the job or if you're saying no. there's 50 good things about the job. <laughs> no, it's 50 good things. I think it's, it's because like I was talking about how it changes all the time. I think I think what what drew me to this job 
in that. So yeah, drawing metaphor and everything. I'm, this is why I get paid big bucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what kind of inspired me to, to join the games industry and become an art director is this idea of working collaboratively towards a creative goal. You know, you, as an artist, you can do all sorts of different things. You, you know, you can sit in, a, in at home and you can do painting all by yourself or whatever. But it's about what I love about it is, is this idea that as a team, you can create something greater than you could possibly do by yourself. And as an art director for games, it's something interactive that, that yeah, I, I don't have the skills to do this. I have to work with a team to do it. And, it, and it's so beautiful the idea that all these different people all sorts of different points of view from all sorts of places all around the world can come together and create one holistic thing that then goes out and gets played by hundreds of millions of people around the world that's it's just such an amazing feeling and i think it's kind of epitomized by you know that day i'm you know i'm standing on the tube in london and i look over and there's someone playing the game that i've worked on and they're looking at a piece of art that i created and it was just such an amazing feeling and i'm always kind of chasing those those moments just like ah this sort of fulfillment and knowing all the hours that went into it knowing all the people who had a hand in it and seeing them happy like that's that's kind of what i love about it um it's really really amazing like moments uh that sort of fulfill you and then i think the thing that i like least i will say i really don't like that budgeting stuff like I feel a little bit like out of my depth sometimes. And I think it's like we all do this with these sorts of roles. There's so many things you have to do and you're not going to be good at all of them. I think that's really important to understand and being like open with your team going, oh, I'm really not so great at this, guys. Um, and I think with the with the budgeting, it's something I have to kind of sit myself down and go, right, let's check this production plan. Does it make sense? And then you're back of your head going like, I'd really rather be working on that creative brief right now um and and again because uh, you know my ex my excel wizardry is, is pretty minimal so i'm be like oh how do i turn this into some sort of chart <laughs> but no i it's a really important part it's just um people I, like my team always like oh it's spreadsheet day is it Rena? and i'm like yeah how can you tell and they're like yeah it's that look of despair in your eyes <laughs> But no, uh, luckily there's not too many, not too many budgeting days. If you do it well, you don't have to do too many of them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I actually just hired someone to do my budgeting now, so I don't have to do it anymore. Yeah, so exactly. It was like... <laughs> and um, on the positive side, like I, I think it's really interesting, like having interviewed dozens of people who do dozens of different jobs, um, a very common answer I get is seeing my product or seeing what I've done out mm. in the open and the impact it's making, whether it's like someone who made a car to um, someone who's doing B2B products, like, you know, selling to other businesses, like regardless of what it is, like them seeing the impact and the change they've made in, in the world, I think it's really in interesting and important. And um, I think many, many people derive value and satisfaction from that. So I think it's, it's interesting to see that like trend, no matter what kind of role you're in, like that's sort of what, what people derive satisfaction from. So it's really cool. Mm. Um, my, my final question to you is just, how did you get into this role? Mm. And is there like required qualifications? Um, and finally, if someone asked you, how do I become an art director um, based on your experience and uh, like what kind of advice would you give them? 
Sure. Okay. That's a, that's a couple of questions in there. I'll try and try and answer them as succinctly as possible. Um, so, how did I get into art direction? Well, I started. I went to college to study animation, three D and two D animation in Ireland. It's a big industry there, and found uh, started working in animation for a short time and found myself made redundant. Unfortunately, redundancies happen quite a lot in creative jobs. I don't mind them so much anymore. They're quite nice. You get a little bit paid off and uh, hopefully get another job pretty quick. Um, that's been my experience, thankfully. But uh, but that is a side effect of some of these roles. Um, just a job security, permanent pensionable job is your kind of thing. Maybe that's not quite the job for you. Um, but yeah, I was made redundant and then I spotted a job advertisement in Hopcap which made Plants vs. Zombies. And I was like, hey, I, I didn't know they were in Ireland. And, and I sort of replied, I always loved computer games, but I hadn't really realized that there were roles available in Europe, I guess. Um, I think at that time, I just didn't, I just sort of assumed everything was made in America and just wasn't the case. Um, so this sort of fell into games uh, for sort of luck and and. Um, which I think, you know, we, we always talk about this combination. It's a combination of look and hard work. Don't underestimate all the hard work you've done and all the graft you've put in, of course. But then, you know, there is a certain amount of being in the right place at the right time. And I was certainly had that advantage. And then I just worked my way up really slowly and sort of started as a as an individual artist and then you know, became a lead artist. The teams were very small those days. It was very easy to jump into those sort of roles. And then over time, I became an art director. And again, I was fortunate to have managers who were really invested in my development and understood where I wanted to go um, and uh, gave me opportunities. I think if I was looking at it now, because the industry has changed, it's moving very quickly. Um, I think the, the sorts of things I'm looking for for a new hire so an entry-level role, I'm looking for a, a strong portfolio that has one, at least one area of real, um, I, it doesn't have to be like skill, like you don't have to have a really strong skill in one area, but what I'm looking for is, is uh, someone who has potential really strong potential in those areas um so there is a but there is a certain level of skill required and it is quite high and it's getting higher all the time so you don't have to go to university I, i've hired people who haven't gone to university but they have a kick-ass portfolio it's really good but it's rare that someone gets a really good portfolio without having gone to university so i think that's that's the thing um and your portfolio is really important it doesn't have to be from a games course and sometimes games courses are very broad and don't give you that strong portfolio that you need to get your first role. So um, do a bit of research. I would recommend looking at the portfolios of uh, the people who've left the university or left the course, whether it's online or, or in-person learning, and, and start kind of seeing, because you'll see certain, certain colleges and certain universities have a higher exit skill, and that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, because if you go to these more general ones, it, sometimes you'll get one or two people, but it's more about their own personal development. So it's really important. 
and to put the hours in because it, like, I spent five years in, in university learning animation and I still didn't have a great portfolio when I left. <laughs> That's the sad, sad truth. Um, so yeah, so focus on your portfolio. Make sure you're getting feedback from people outside of your bubble because um, you know, the internet can surprisingly be a bit kind with art. It can be mean, but they can also be quite kind and they make you feel that, oh, this is really lovely. And they don't help you actually grow. You're looking to get feedback from people who will help you understand where your strengths are and help you understand where you need to put work in. Um, and then when you are in a games job, I think if your manager is worth anything, they'll start understanding who you are and what it is that you're good at. Our art direction isn't for everyone. Some people would be much better being a principal artist where they actually just draw all day and they're amazing at it. And you have to understand which one of those roles is better for you. And that can take a couple of years. So there's no need to walk in the door as a junior artist going like, I know I need to, I'm going to be an art director. I'm going to be great. Like you have time. But if you're sort of working your way up through a company and you, the way I, the thing I look for is the sort of person going, you know, Rena, I think, I think we could do this better if we did this, or I think the game would just be a little bit better if we did that. And they're the sort of people who are looking at problems in the way the art team is running or the game is running and they're seeing there's an opportunity here to change things. Um, that's the sort of people I think like, oh yeah, they're, you know, they could be a good art director. People who are like really good at giving other people feedback on their work, that sort of stuff. Um, and then I think it's about just having those frank conversations with your manager and going like, hey, this is something I'm interested. In. What sort of skills do I need? Because a lot of the time it's about just asking for the opportunities, um, not in a way that's badgering, but in a way that's just this is something I'm interested in. If the, your manager doesn't know that's what you want, it's really hard for them to promote you. <laughs> like they have to be better, basically. And and I love every manager to be brilliant, but most of the time they need a bit of a a nudge it's like oh this is um so so i think that's it just and take your time like this isn't a role you get i mean i i was i was really lucky i got it relatively early but it, it takes time to work your way up you're not going to be sitting in the director chair the first day on set i guess let's use a film metaphor but you know you're going to work your way up and and you need that because like i said you're going to be in rooms making calls and the more experience you have the easier those decisions will be for you um, so yeah, that was my advice. And if you really want to get into the games industry and you have a kick-ass portfolio, the next thing to do is just start making games with people, join game jams, um, play around with it, maybe learn a, learn a bit of the engine. Um, there's lots of opportunities for you to be creative, even if you don't know any engineering. And I don't, like you don't need to code. That's, that's something I always have to tell artists. You don't need to code at all. But, uh, but working with a couple of friends, make a game. Learn the ropes. That's that's the way I would do it. Awesome. It's, it sounds like there's a lot of different roles within the game so design many. context, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it also sounds and in like art, the art, so many yeah, roles. <laughs> exactly right. And it also sounds like the art director role specifically is very generalist, right? So it's something yeah. that you're going to be doing a lot of different things, and like even you know, if you want to purely pursue art, then maybe you know a different pathway. Um, so I, th I think that's really interesting. But um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, it's absolutely pleasure. Insightful. Thanks for having me. I feel that I have a lot more understanding of what an art director is. And who knows, maybe in five years, you'll, you'll see me up there as an art director. But yeah, come on, <laughs> join the team. <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. No, it's been lovely talking to you and uh, best of luck with the project. And hopefully you'll have lots of uh, new people joining, joining creative industries.